turn out to be crooners. Welcome to the 2015 Halloween Special Part 2 for the Darkness Dwells Podcast. Around here, we take Halloween very seriously. <laughs> Halloween is uh, like m- one of my most favorite holidays, and uh, as you can tell, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're doing some celebrating around here. And uh, as this is the second one, we have two special things for you, and I was lucky to find both of them, I think. Um, the first thing that we have... For you is uh, uh, is a little uh, another radio play. It's called Death Robbery, and it stars Boris Karloff. And that's pretty freaking cool. And uh, after that, we have some uh, so another real special treat. We have Vincent Price reading Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart. Now, how awesome is that? <laughs> Alright, so uh, I hope you enjoy. This is uh, the last of the Halloween specials this year. Hopefully we can do it again next year. We shall see. So, uh, why don't you grab yourself a beverage and uh, let's get this shindig on the roll. Thank you. 
What clicks? The Eversharp Schick Injector Razor, made by Eversharp. Manufacturers of Eversharp Schick Injector Razors and Blades and famous Eversharp Precision Writing Instruments. Hideous things come out of the darkness to prowl the tortured earth. Evil hands stretch forth to seize. Evil eyes are watching. Unholy voices whisper and quarrel in the fearful silence. Death stalks. Loathsome, horrible death. Dare you put out your lights and listen to Boris Karloff in a story of horror in the deepening darkness? Dare you listen to... Lights out. I'm glad you brought up the question of ethics, Ed. Sometimes I think science is too ethical. Stands in the way of research. I don't know, David. Take your work, for example. It's wonderful, but you have to be very cautious. I think working with monkeys is about as far as you should go right now. Oh, but, Ed, David is past that stage. Why not show Ed the one you worked on today, darling? If you'd like to see it, Ed. It's right in the lab. Yes, I would. I saw it last night after you injected the poison. I'll get it, David. Thank you, dear. It's in the second cage. Mm, Ruth's a wonderful girl, David. Must be a big help to you in your work. Don't know what I'd do without her. But if she ever gets too interested in pure science, <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to lock her out of the lab and just make her go back to being a wife. <laughs> How do you find time for a wife? Now, look here. All you practicing surgeons think the research man is a machine. Not me, Ed. Ruth means more to me than all the discoveries I might make. Her happiness is all I live and work for. Well, I can't say that I blame you. She's a very charming person. Ah, here he is. Same one you saw last night, Ed. Stone dead. And there he is, just as healthy and alive as any other monkey. Why, it's amazing, David. Naturally, I've followed all the experiments along this line, but you seem to have progressed much farther. David can't go any farther with animals. He's ready for the next step. And he can do it. Well, I'm all for research, David. But you have a moral obligation in this sort of thing. How do you know it'll work with human beings? Oh, you're a surgeon yourself, Ed. You know that human beings are animals just like all the subjects I've used. I know it'll work. Well, knowing it won't get you far with society. You'll have to submit proof. I know that. And I've tried every way I can think of to get a human being to demonstrate on. He's tried insane asylums, penitentiaries, everywhere. No one will listen to me. Well, in a way, you can't blame them. Even to me, with my training, the idea seems, well, blasphemous. My dear Ed, you can't stop scientific progress because of a so-called moral concept. Besides, what could be less blasphemous than to triumph over death? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I can't see it that way. I wouldn't want to try it on me. When I'm dead, I want to stay dead. Oh, that's foolish, Ed. Well, if I die first, I want David to use me for a subject. Ruth, don't look so startled, Ed. She's always been my strongest supporter. But I'm not going to use her as a subject. I like her too well as a wife. <laughs> Still, it gives me the shivers to hear you talk that way, Ruth. Why? I've seen David's work grow to where the technique is perfect. Before long, his experiments will be recognized by the whole medical world. And if I can help him achieve that goal, I'm willing to do anything. Living or dead. I mean it. 
said she wanted to do it, Ed, living or dead. David, you're surely not going to hold her to that. Not now. Of course I am. She meant it. But... I called you over here tonight, Ed, because I need help. Don't tell me that... That I want you to help me bring Ruth's... To bring her here? That's exactly what I mean. David... Will you help me? Or must I bribe some stranger? David, why don't you give this thing up? It's... it's inhuman. Ed, if I succeed, I'll have Ruth back. Don't you see how much it means? Well, yes, if you're successful. Oh, I've no doubt about that. Look, I've got my laboratory record. 714 times I've performed the experiment on guinea pigs, rabbits, monkeys. 714 times it's been successful. Don't you see? But, David, this is no laboratory experiment. Ruth was your wife. She is my wife. The only woman I ever loved. That's why I want to bring her back here and start her breathing and living again. There's an ugly name for what you're asking me to do, David. I know. Grave robbery. But there's a better name for it, Ed. Death robbery. We'll rob old man death. Kick the door shut. Uh, on the operating table. I must say you are completely equipped. It's surgery, just as well as a lab. Everything we need is here. There. Well, it's done. Not yet. You mean you want me to stay? Ed, listen. Ever since Ruth... Well, I guess I've leaned on you for everything. I won't ask you to stay, but I do need you. Just a little longer. All right, David. I'll stay. Ruth will be the first to thank you when we succeed. David, I'll always doubt this until I see Ruth living, breathing, smiling again. It won't be long. Just a matter of 15 or 20 minutes. If nothing happens. What will you do if your operation doesn't work? Then you'll have just one more job to do as my friend. And that? will be to bury both of us. Oh, now, look, David. If Ruth isn't alive again within a few minutes, I'll have lost her forever. And I'll have proved that my whole life's work is useless. I'll have reason enough to use any of a dozen tricks that any good surgeon knows. End the whole business. Oh, but don't look so horrified, Ed. We won't fail. Let's begin. I should remind you once more, David, that you're usurping powers that belong to God Almighty. I like to think... That providence has wisely held back the knowledge of things like this until we knew how to use them. And I know how. Hand me that large beaker. All right. I'm not going to back out on you, David. What shall I do? Do. You'll work as you haven't worked in surgery before. Thank heavens I've got your skill on my side. Now then, first strap the bigger manometer on her arm. I just happened to think of something. Keep moving. This is all a matter of timing. Yeah, but, David... Here are your instruments. I want the incision right here where I'm shaving the hair. Make a small incision just at the fontanelle while I prepare the solution. David, have you considered... Please work fast. But Dave, what? She was embalmed, you know. Of course I know that. I have something to replace the blood and and counteract the fluid. It's ghastly. Finish the cut. I know what I'm doing. Well, that's all for the incision, but... 
After all... Good work, nice. Now cut away the dura mater. Entirely? Leave the brain exposed? Yes, yes, I'll fix that. I've done it 700-odd times. Well, this is no guinea pig or monkey. Well, I hardly need reminding. Sorry. What's that? A compound I've synthesized myself. What is it? I call it digamma-paradiamine. Oh, I know that isn't chemically correct. But it's as close as I can get to it. I knew that something like it must exist. It took three years to track it down. It took me that long to make the first drop of it. Well, you know what you're doing, all right? Yes, I do. Now then, if you're finished, take the leads from that storage battery there and attach the positive to the silver plate on the shelf. Put that at her feet. I feel as if I were doing something unholy. Place the tip of the negative in the incision you made in the skull. Be sure the tip of the wire actually... actually penetrates the pyamata. David, what if you bring her back? I will bring her back. But what if you bring her back and find she comes back without her soul? What? Her soul? Yes. You're a surgeon... You believe in a soul? Well, I hesitate to say there is no such thing. You've seen a good many deaths, haven't you? Have you ever seen any evidence that the soul escapes at death? Perhaps I couldn't recognize the evidence. Let's put it this way, then. If there is any soul, it either leaves the body or stays with it at death. Now, no reputable surgeon or physician has ever been able to report the slightest evidence of the soul having left the body. So the soul, if there is a soul, must stay with the body, a part of it. I'm ready now. If you've finished. Everything's set. Good. Close that switch then at the battery. Watch the meter and keep the current between plus and minus five of 150. There's a rheostat on the edge of the table. All right? All right. Now, I'm going to inject 10 cc's of adrenaline in the brachial artery. Adrenaline? Adrenaline and something else. There. God, she's beautiful, Ed. Yes. She was. She is. You'll see her in a few minutes, just as she was. I wonder what you'll have to tell us. Nothing. Death is only a transcendental sleep. Do you really believe that, Dick? Oh, well, what's the difference? How's the current? Well, let's see. What? Let's jump to 180. Good. Bring it back to 150. That's the result of the injection. On a dead body? <laughs> Let's say suspended animation. There are still a few things in surgery you don't know, aren't there? I never dreamed of a reaction like that. I'll show you more. Help me swing this lamp over here. But... Let the ammeter go. It'll hold steady for a minute now. But it might jump again. No, it won't. I've been all through this before. The reactions are exactly the same as the others. Well, this lamp... X-rays? No, it's a modification of the cathode ray. And just another of my developments. I call these theta rays. Why do you call them that? Well, most rays are named for the first few letters in the Greek alphabet. Alpha, beta, gamma, and so on. Well, that explains theta. Didn't you say theta? Yes. But theta was called the letter of death by the ancient Greeks. Well, that's right. It was the first letter in the word thanatos. Death. Yeah, I see. A theta without death. <laughs> Maybe I was too sentimental. Maybe. At least human for once. Let's not argue. Here goes the ray. Now, quickly. The solution. Inject it? No, pump it. I built this pump especially for it. 
There's the pump switchhead. Here? Yeah. Turn it on and watch the air meter. Okay. It's jumping. How far? 155. Let it go. 160. 170. Hold it there. It'll stay there now. Listen carefully. Yes. As soon as I turn off the pump, I want spigma readings. But there won't be any blood pressure. Wait and see. Give me a reading each time I ask for it and take them carefully. Are you ready? This is fantastic. I'm ready. Okay. Reading. (laughs) Systolic zero. Diastolic zero. That's all right. It'll take a few seconds. Now. 40. My God. Diastolic. Hurry. Zero. My orbit valve is still open. I'll turn off the ray. Reading. 48. Over 42. David. Not yet. Now the stopwatch. Seven seconds after I say go, I want the systolic. Now you have it? Right. Ready. Now, go. Sixty. Go. Just what it should be. Lord help. Look at my hands. Well, I don't wonder. Ruth, darling, just a few more minutes. All right, Ed. Now the ray again. We'll know the answer very soon. The second act of Lights Out, starring Boris Karloff, will follow in just a moment. But now, listen to the sweetest shaving song ever written. Push-pull, click-click. Changes blades that quick. Push-pull, click-click. With the Eversharp Schick Injector Razor, yes, it clicks for men everywhere. Because the Eversharp Schick Injector Razor is the world's one and only razor with the automatic blade changer. No blades to unwrap. Fingers never touch the blade. Just push-pull... Click, click. And a keen new blade is automatically locked in correct shaving position instantly. It clicks because the Eversharp Schick Injector Razor makes shaving 50% faster, 100% safer, 200% smoother. Just try the Eversharp Schick Injector Razor for one week. See for yourself the difference. It's a $1.75 value. Special now, only $1.25. Complete with 20 blades. For the shave of your life, the rest of your life, switch to an Eversharp Schick Injector Razor. Get yours tomorrow. Push-pull, click-click. Buy an Eversharp Schick.
How long do you use the ray this time, David? Not long. Give me a reading. 68. Over 67. Now. 70. Diastolic. 68. Now. David. 118. 76. Close. Now. 120. That's it. 80. The stethoscope. Quick. Here. Listen. Respiration's normal, pulse just a tiny bit fast, and the reflex is slow, but apparently all right. David, I... I feel I must apologize to you. Apologize? Why? Well, for doubting you, I suppose. <laughs> You've learned to believe me. Very calm in the face of all this. Do you realize that you've performed a miracle? A miracle? I brought my wife back to me, as I promised her. It's... it's an unholy thing, but... But we've conquered death. Is that unholy? We have conquered death. May God forgive us. She'll only wait now. How long has she been asleep? Let me see. Eleven hours. Hasn't spoken at all? Not since that first scream, when she fell asleep. Have you given her anything? Just a few drops of brandy. Have you tried to wake her? No, but I think I'll try now. Oh, wait a minute before you do. Why? Well, I hate to keep harping on this business about a soul, David... I realize this is no place for a philosophic discussion, but I can't help wondering why Ruth screamed when she first came back to life. I think there's a logical explanation. After all, it must have been a physical shock. Well, that's true. It must also be true that there was a great mental shock involved. I think that's why she screamed, and I'm wondering whether there's been a permanent effect on her mind. Known as I prefer to think of it, her soul. Oh, you're simply borrowing trouble, Ed. I've never seen any sign of permanent damage in my other experiments. Don't forget that Ruth was a human being. Well, there's only one way to find out. I'm going to wake her. You're, you're not afraid? Afraid? Of what? Ruth. Ruth. Wake up, darling. Ruth, dear, it's David speaking. Wake up, dearest. Ruth. Ruth. Look out. Darling. No wonder it's scared a poor girl. Ruth, it's it's David, dear. I kept my promise and you're alive again. Oh, you're all right, honey. It's David, you're... You're... Ruth! Ruth! David! David, what's the matter? Ruth! God is her mind! No, David. Her soul. David, 
You'd better go out for a little exercise now. I'll stay here with her. I'll stay while you go out and walk around a bit. You've been there with her since 8 o'clock last night without any let-up. Go on, I'll stay. Ed. I know, old boy. I'd give anything myself if we could undo what we've done, but... Ed, what could I do? Well, there may be something. Let's try an experiment when she wakes up again. What kind of an experiment? Well, let's see if we can talk to her, get her to say anything. If we can get a flicker of intelligence, maybe we can teach her, build up from a small fragment. Maybe it might work. I'm going to wake her up and try it. Well, not now. Why don't you take a walk? Relax a little and get something to eat while you're out. Eat? I can't eat. I'm going to wake her. Ruth. Ruth. David. Why not let her sleep? Hello. She's waking Hello. up now. Ruth. Hello, Ruth. Are you waking up? Poor child. Poor child. There. She repeats after me. A little. Maybe it will work, Ed. Ruth. Ruth! David. Ruth! It works. Seems to. Ruth, say I want a glass of water. Seems to. <laughs> I want a glass of water. water. It's too long for a... Ruth. Say, Ruth. Ruth. Loves. Loves. David. David. Ruth loves David. Ruth loves David. Ruth loves David. Ruth loves David. It's working, Ed, maybe. But what is she thinking? I don't know. No, no. Ruth, stop it. Stop it. Wait a minute, old man. Ruth loves David. Too much for you, tired as you are. Go on out and take a little walk, and I'll work with it for a while. Your nerves won't take much of this. Oh, I guess Stop. you're right, Ed. I can't Ruth think anymore. I'll be right there. Fine, fine. Uh-huh. I'll take good care of her and see what I can find out. Be patient. Uh-huh. Don't worry. Uh-huh. I will. And you get something to eat while you're out. All right, I'll try. Poor guy, this is really rough on him. Rough on him. Ruth. Ruth. Oh, we're kidding ourselves. There's nothing there. She's a parrot. Parrot. Never mind, Ruth. Ruth. Put on that scalpel. Scalpel! <laughs> You'll hurt yourself. Ruth, stay away. <laughs> Don't put it down. Think of David. Get something and fix you right up. Wait. No use. Now look. Doctor. Artery. No hope. Ed. All right, Doctor. Your diagnosis is correct. A minute or two left. Ruth's hiding. Watch out. No. No soul. She'll kill you, too. What have I done, Ed? Everything I've done is wrong. Wonderful technique, Doctor. Congratulations. What about soul? Ed. Ed. Ruth. She's somewhere in the house. 
What if she gets out and a scalpel in her hands? There's been enough damage. Ruth! Ruth! Basement. I'd better take a gun. in the lab. No. No, there's nothing new. Just an experiment. No. Like so many experiments, it, it just didn't work out. Sharp Shake has just presented Boris Karloff in the first of the new series of mystery and terror stories, Lights Out. In just a moment, we'll tell you about next week's story. But first, no matter what kind of razor you use now, here's a challenge. There's a better, easier, faster way to shave. Eversharp Shake Injector Razor has banished forever 90% of the nuisance that makes shaving such a chore. Ends nuisance number one, no time wasted. Eversharp Schick Injector Razor has been proved at least 50% faster. Ends nuisance number two, it's safer. Patented guard bar prevents skin irritation, even under nose. Eversharp Schick shaves clean and smooth without skin irritation. Ends nuisance number three, nothing to take apart or put together. World's easiest razor to clean. Just rinse, shake, put away. Ends nuisance number four, no blades to unwrap. Fingers never touch the blade. Just push-pull, click-click. Because Eversharp Schick's the world's one and only razor with the automatic blade changer that locks a keen new blade, the world's sharpest blade, in correct shaving position instantly. Yes, it's 50% faster, 100% safer, 200% smoother. So for the world's quickest, easiest, cleanest shave... Change to Eversharp Schick Injector Razor. It's a $1.75 value, but special now for only $1.25, complete with 20 blades. Buy yours tomorrow. 
Next week, Lights Out will bring you a story about the undead, the vampires who are doomed to wander alone through all eternity, seeking the blood of innocent ones. Be sure to listen next Wednesday night at the same time. Lights Out is produced and directed by Bill Lawrence. The script is by Paul Pierce and Willis Cooper. This is Ken Niles speaking for Eversharp, manufacturers of Eversharp chicken injector razors and blades and famous Eversharp precision writing instruments. For birthdays, weddings, anniversaries, and business gifts, remember the best gift of all is an Eversharp CA pen. Buy yours tomorrow during the sensational Eversharp CA pen sale. Buy now and save as much as 60%. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Since Dracula stalked the earth, has the world known so terrifying a day or night? It's I who renounce you, and in the name of Satan, I place a curse upon you. Black Sunday is like no motion picture you've ever seen. who believe and those who do not but both must know the suspense the shock of meeting the living dead and of bringing the dead to life look into my eyes embrace me you will die but I can bring you pleasures mortals cannot know Sunday, the most terrifying motion picture you'll ever see. Satan, wearing strange robes and fighting with all the furies of Hades, arouses the countryside to a frenzy of black terror. Supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen. Now look, Doc, we're buddies, okay? But don't try to convert me. I'm trying to prepare you. My name's Markway, Dr. Markway, a scientist interested in the supernatural. The unnatural, if you like. I came to Hill House to find the key to another world. Assisting me in this exploration of the unknown was Eleanor, Nell, who could look back into the past, and Theo, something of a witch who could see into the future. This is Luke, who didn't believe in anything until evil, patient and waiting, made him change his mind. Stop it! 
Whose hand was I holding? How many of us take seriously the things we cannot or do not want to understand simply because we are afraid? No, 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 you're Paul! Did you hear me calling? This house. You have to watch it every minute. The Haunting was produced and directed by Robert Wise, brilliant producer of West Side Story. The stars consist of a cross-section of top talent in the world of entertainment. Julie Harris, Claire Bloom, Richard Johnson, Russ Tamblin. What does it take to convince you that the dead do not always rest in peace? But some houses, like Hill House, are born bad. <laughs> dreadfully nervous I had been and am, but why will you say that I am mad? The disease had sharpened my senses, not destroyed, not dulled them. Above all was the sense of hearing acute. I heard all things in the heaven and in the earth. I heard many things in hell. How then am I mad? Hearken and observe how, how healthily, how, how calmly I, I can tell you the whole story. It is impossible to say how, how first the idea entered my brain, but once conceived, it, it haunted me day and night. Object there was none, passion there was none. I loved the old man. He had never wronged me. He had never given me insult. For his gold, I had no desire. I, I think it was his eye. Yes, it was this. One of his eyes resembled that of a vulture, a, a pale blue eye with a film over it. Whenever it fell upon me, my blood ran cold. And so by degrees, very gradually, I made up my mind to take the life of the old man and thus to rid myself of the eye forever. Now, this is the point. You... Fancy me mad. <laughs> Madmen know nothing, but you should have seen me. You should have seen how wisely I proceeded, with what caution, with what foresight. I was never kinder to the old man than during the whole week before I killed him. <laughs> and every night, about midnight, I, I turned the latch of his door and I opened it, oh, so so gently, and then when I had made an opening sufficient for my head, I, I put in a dark lantern, all closed, closed so that no light shone out, and then I thrust in my head. Oh, you would have laughed to see how, how cunningly I thrust it in. I moved it very slowly, very, very slowly, so that I might not disturb the old man's sleep. 
it took me an hour to place my whole head within the opening so far that I could see him as he lay upon his bed. <laughs> now, would a madman have been so wise as this? And then, when my head was well in the room, I undid the lamp cautiously. Oh, so cautiously I undid it, just so much that a single thin ray fell upon the vulture eye. This I did for seven long nights, every night at midnight. But I found the eye always closed, and so it was impossible to do the work. For it was not the old man that vexed me, but his evil eye. And every morning when the day broke, I, I went boldly into the chamber and spoke courageously to him, calling him by name in a hearty tone and inquiring how he had passed the night. So you see, he would have been a very profound old man indeed to suspect that every night, just at 12, I looked in upon him while he slept. Upon the eighth night, I, I was more than usually cautious in opening the door. A watch's minute hand moves more quickly than did mine. Never before that night had I felt the extent of my own powers. I, I could scarcely contain my feelings of triumph. I had my head in the room and was about to open the lantern when my thumb slipped on the tin fastening and the old man sprang up in the bed crying out, Who's there? I said nothing. For a whole hour I did not move a muscle. And in the meantime, I did not hear him lie down. He was still sitting up in the bed, listening. Presently, I heard a slight groan, and I knew it was the groan of long, drawn-out, mortal terror. It was not a groan of pain or of grief, oh, no. No, it was the low, stifled sound that arises from the bottom of the soul when overcharged with awe. I knew the sound well. Many a night, just at midnight, when all the world slept, it had welled up from my own bosom, deepening with its dreadful echo the terrors that, that distracted me. I say I, I knew it well. I, I knew what the old man felt, and I pitied him, although I, I chuckled at heart. I, I, I knew that he had been lying awake ever since the first slight noise when he had turned in the bed. His fears had been ever since growing upon him. He had been trying to fancy them causeless, but could not. He had been saying to himself, it's nothing but the wind in the chimney. It's only a mouse crossing the floor. It is merely a, a cricket which has made a, a single chirp. Yes, yes, he'd been trying to comfort himself with these suppositions, but he had found it all in vain because... Death, in approaching him, had stalked with his black shadow before him and enveloped the victim. He felt the presence of my head within the room. When I had waited a long time, very patiently, without hearing him lie down, I resolved to open a little, a very, very little crevice in the lantern. So I opened it. Oh, you cannot imagine how stealthily, until at length a single dim ray, like the thread of a spider, shot from out the crevice and full upon the vulture eye. It was open, wide, wide open, and I grew furious as I gazed upon it. 
I saw it with perfect distinctness, all a dull blue, with a hideous veil over it that chilled the very marrow of my bones. But I could see nothing else of the old man's face or person, for I had directed the rays as if by instinct, precisely on the damned spot. Now, have I not told you that what you mistake for madness is but over-acuteness over of the senses? Now, I say, there came to my ears a low, dull, quick sound, such as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I knew that sound well, too. It was the beating of the old man's heart. It increased my fury as the beating of a drum stimulates the soldier to courage. But even yet, I refrained and kept still. I scarcely breathed. Meantime, the hellish tattoo of the heart increased. It grew quicker and quicker and quicker and louder and louder every instant. The old man's terror must have been extreme. It grew louder, I say, louder every moment. Do you mark me well? I have told you that I am nervous, so I am. And now, at the dead hour of the night, amid the dreadful silence of this old house, so strange a noise as this excited me to uncontrollable terror, yet for some minutes longer I refrained and stood still. But the beating grew louder and louder. I thought the heart must burst. And now, a new anxiety seized me that the sound would be heard by a neighbor. The old man's hour had come. With a loud yell, I threw the lantern and leapt into the room. It shrieked once, only once. In an instant, I dragged him to the floor and pulled a heavy bed over him. <laughs> I then smiled gaily to find the deed so far done. Many minutes the heart beat on with a muffled sound. Still, this did not vex me. It would not be heard through the wall, and then at last it ceased. The old man was dead. I removed the bed and examined the corpse. Yes. Yes, he was stone, stone dead. I placed my hand upon the heart and held it there for many minutes. There was no pulsation. He was stone dead. His eye would trouble me no more. Now, if, if you still think me mad, you will think so no longer when I describe the wise precautions I took for the concealment of the body. First, I... I dismembered the corpse. I cut off the head and then the arms and the legs. I then took up three planks from the flooring of the chamber and I deposited all beneath the floor. I then replaced the boards so cleverly, so cunningly, that no human eye, not even his, could have detected anything wrong. There was nothing to wash out. No stain of any kind, no blood spot whatsoever. I had been too wary for that. A tub had caught it all. <laughs> and then, when I had made an end of these labors, it was four o'clock, still dark as midnight. As the bell sounded, there came a, a knocking at the street door. I, 
I went down to open it with a light heart, for what did I now to fear? There entered three men who introduced themselves with perfect suavity as officers of the police. A shriek had been heard by a neighbor during the night. Suspicion of foul play had been aroused, and they, the officers, had been dispatched to search the premises. I smiled, for what had I to fear? I bade the gentleman welcome. The shriek, I said, was my own in a dream. The old man I mentioned was absent in the country. I took my visitors all over the house, and I bade them search and search well. I led them at length to his chamber. I showed them his treasures, secure, undisturbed. In the enthusiasm of my confidence, I, I brought chairs into the room and desired them here to rest from their fatigues. While I myself, in the wild audacity of my perfect triumph, placed my own seat upon the very spot beneath which reposed the corpse of the victim. The officers were satisfied my manner had convinced them. I was singularly at ease. They sat, and while I answered cheerily, they chatted familiar things. But ere long, I, I felt myself getting pale, and I wished them gone. My head ached, and I fancied a, a ringing in my ears, but still they sat and they chatted. The ringing became more distinct. I talked more freely to get rid of the feeling, but it continued and gained definitiveness until at length I, I found that the noise was not within my ears. It was a low, dull, quick sound, such as such a sound as a watch makes. Enveloped in cotton. I gasped for breath, yet the officers heard it not. I talked more quickly, more vehemently, but the noise steadily increased. I arose and I, I argued about trifles, but the noise increased steadily. Why would they not be gone? I paced the floor to and fro with heavy strides, as if excited to fury by the observation of the men, but the noise steadily increased. Oh, God, what could I do? I foamed, I raved, I swore. I swung the chair upon which I had been sitting, grated it upon the boards, but the noise rose above all. It, it grew louder, louder, and still the men chatted pleasantly and smiled. Was it possible that they heard not? Oh, almighty God, no, no, they heard. They suspected. They knew. They were making a mockery of my horror. I could bear those hypocritical smiles no longer. I felt that I must scream or die. Now again, hark, louder, 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 louder. Villains, dissemble no more. I admit the deed. Tear up the planks. Here, it is the beating of his hideous heart. <laughs> <laughs> Chill 
children. Here's the story of a new kind of boogeyman, and he doesn't scare you with an every scream. He's a leader of a solid ghost boogie woogie band, and he Thank makes you play on the beam. for listening to what I hope was an enjoyable Halloween specials that uh, that we decided to bring you this Halloween season. Um, one thing uh, that I brought onto the table here was uh, my love for, uh, <laughs> I guess you could say classic horror in all its mediums, uh, stories, uh, radio dramas, and... Uh, and just some awesome narration and acting by a very uh, well-known and very missed uh, actor. So uh, hopefully we can do it again next year. And uh, so coming up next week, or I guess this Sunday coming up, um, we are going to do the Halloween Hangover episode. And <laughs> And uh, the uh, the theme for that is going to be vampires. So I hope you can uh, you can join us for that. So until then, we will talk to you later. Good night and sweet, sweet dreams. that he plays it's a tune that he made up and the ghost union card that he carries is paid up he's really from another world he's out of this hemisphere he's been sought by Philo Vance and Charlie Chan if it's boogie woogie music he's liable to appear look out it's a boogie woogie man it's a boogie woogie man it's a boogie woogie man Ha, 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 ha,